Hello and welcome to another episode of Too Long Didn't Play, a podcast where me and my friend Stish. Hi Stish. Hello. Uh, we talk about uh, a little bit of games in general and then we go on to talk about games that we've played personally, uh, short games, little nuggets that last maybe 10-15 hours can complete in a weekend. Things that as we've got older and life's responsibilities have taken over a little, we can still fit time into play. And then we also talk about some of the uh, the longer games that we play. There's a lot of long games out there with side quests and stuff all over the place, aren't there? It's um, yeah, something that in this generation and the, the previous generation just seems to have become absolutely side quest mad. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> we, we we talk about some of these that we basically never finished. Uh, yeah. You know, we we might have enjoyed them. Uh, we might have put hours into them. In fact, I think everything that we've talked about so far. Um, and certainly what I'm going to be talking about today, I've, I've really enjoyed playing them, but I've just never seen them through to the, the very end. I'd, can you say the same, Satish? Uh Yeah, to a point, actually, yeah. I did actually finish my long game, but yeah, it felt like a chore at some point. And okay, I can so see yeah. some of my friends struggle to finish it, even though yeah. it has the potential. So today you're just you're just full on cheating again. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was just saying before we started this recording, like, yeah, a few... Uh, friends and, and family who've been listening have come back to me and said oh we really like the fact that you, you never actually talk about what you say you're gonna you always seem to cheat <laughs> in, a, in every episode it's like we've only done the three episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we're like a paradox yeah so um anyway uh yeah are we ever gonna get any real gamers on uh who knows we might have some guests but for now it's just us so uh, if you're still listening thank you very much we're obviously doing something right um, but first of all, uh, what's been happening in the past fortnight in games? So I think um, in our quick chat before this, we were talking about the yep. PS5 launch, weren't we? Or the, well, PS5 um, launch of trailers and the console design, that kind of thing, not the actual launch. That would be a blatant lie. So I'm going to yeah. ask you first, just straight out, Satish, um, what did you think of the design of the console? We'll talk about the games in a minute because that's the, the main thing. But what about the actual design of the console? I I won't say I liked it, but I don't... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Was that a lying cough coming out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you loved it. Loved it. <laughs> no, I, I won't say I loved it, but I was not really shocked. The design quite is all right. Mm. You know, I'm a big fan of Xbox, but I was more disappointed with Xbox design. To right, me, it okay. looks like a doorstopper, a massive brick. <laughs> yeah, but at least PlayStation... Yeah, at least the PlayStation looks a bit like futuristic. And the controller color scheme seems mm. to match with the console yeah which is interesting yeah i i'd be very surprised if come launch we don't see color variants of it so a lot of people have picked on the the white and black two-tone uh straight away but i think <laughs> we'll have like a you know sleek piano black or something just straight through yeah. and with the blue lights and that kind of thing um the other thing a lot of people are saying it looks like a router and <laughs> you can't deny that <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sony can actually play cool and maybe they can actually build in router and just get rid of actual router. <laughs> yeah, why just not? Get rid of the router altogether. Yeah, Xbox, yeah, Xbox tried to be TV and gave up at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true, true. I mean, uh, my internet provider won't name names for fear of getting sued so early in this career. But um, <laughs> yeah, if, if they could give me a better router, then that would be very, very welcome. Um, I, personally, I liked it. Uh, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's different now i actually yep. quite like the the series x design as well i i like the fact that 
Microsoft have gone for a straightforward black tower. It's no nonsense. It's designed to sit in the living room and blend in. It's you know that they've moved away from the the console as a toy approach. Oh, um, okay. Which I suppose more like a business. Yeah. To, to be fair, um, I think even the last generation, you know, there was a lot of emphasis placed on the fact that there were that both machines were kind of black boxes designed to <laughs> fit in with a typical TV or AV setup. Uh, I think Microsoft have taken that one step further with the Series X, and obviously they've taken into account cooling and airflow and all that kind of thing. So I think PlayStation with this one, they've they've kind of said, yeah, we've done the black box now, and we've gone back the other way completely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a bit like, I don't know if you remember the London 2012 Olympics logo. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was massively criticised and, and justifiably so, because it was blooming awful um but <laughs> it when you actually look at the brief that the agency was given to come up with that logo they have hit that brief i can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head but um to add lab it was you know something that would be remembered that took the old style of london but could also be futuristic or something like that you know there was a kind of that marketing blab around what they wanted it to be yeah. so Yes, it looks awful, but at the same time, I would say they hit the brief, and I think that's probably what's happened with the PS5 this time. They've they've been told to come up with something that's two-turn and sleek and, you know, has LED, <laughs> like, strip lightings everywhere now, isn't it? You can buy an LED strip light off um, Amazon for, like, £10 or something and buy a lighting behind TVs, all that kind of thing is quite popular. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting design. I, I think a lot of people are slating it now, and again, deservedly <laughs> so. But when it comes down to actually launching at Christmas, I think when people start seeing it under the TV or next to the TV or behind the TV, if you want to hide it, uh, you know, it'll all <laughs> fit Yeah, just bite and hide it. Yeah, yeah just bite and hide <laughs> it. Like, I do that on my Switch already. That is a oh, do you do awkward, that? Okay. Yeah. Because well, you go to put the Switch in the dock and yeah. it just doesn't fit in any shelf or anywhere comfortable if it's in front of the tv it blocks off the corner of it so actually, I actually this is the reason why i could have hated xbox new design because it won't fit my cupboard right. because it's more like a yeah kind of cubic cylindric mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the things um that when they were talking about the cubic design as well for the xbox was comparing it to things like the Amazon Alexa and the Google Smart Home. You know, we're, we're getting these smart devices more and more in our homes now. And yep. I think their argument was that the Series X will fit in a modern living room because it emulates that kind of device, which yep. is kind I of see a what brave they're move. Going yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, on to the games then. Were there any, anything in particular that stuck out to you just generally first of all because there's quite a lot of ps5 exclusives but then quite a lot of cross-gen games in there as well wasn't there yep so what, for what? me particularly there's a game called stray okay yeah yeah uh, it's from Annapurna interactive and I, I actually played one of their games called outer wilds last year it oh, actually okay, won yeah. some of the awards for best indie games mm-hmm. i really loved it it has the vibes of the blade runner and you play as a stray cat in a mm. world where the world is filled with robots and you can see the robots are they're not actually living the kind of life you would expect a robots or the AI to live yeah like human beings there is so much of you know yeah uh, differences in life and yeah the, the bit that stuck out to me um from that trailer was immediately when you saw there were the, the two robots on the street that were homeless homeless yeah that is like one a... comes out and 
tips stuff out of his door and then shuts it as if they don't exist. And I was like, okay, this is looking really intriguing. Must say, when I saw that you wear the cat, that kind of yep. took something a little bit away from it for me. <laughs> but I'll, you know, I'll wait and see what they actually come up with. Yeah. Um, like I say, Anna Perver also always come up with great ideas, indie stuff. Um, did you ever play Tokyo Jungle? Uh, nope. Okay, so is it a data game? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's uh, mm-hmm. a Sony, I think it's a Sony Entertainment Japan uh, before it became the Sony Worldwide Studios. So it was a PS3 game. Okay. But you start off as a Pomeranian, a dog. <laughs> um, why Pomeranian? Yeah. I, I have no idea why, why Pomeranian. Um, yeah, the, just why dogs. not? So you, you're in the middle of Tokyo, and the idea is that humanity is being wiped out. The, the concrete jungle has started having nature taking it yeah. back over. And what you do is you... It's a really odd game to try and describe. So you have to survive as a Pomeranian, but what you do is you you find a mate and then you have to attract the mate and you have a litter of puppies and then each <laughs> puppy is like an extra life for you okay. as a Pomeranian but then you have certain targets to hit and when you hit those targets you evolve I suppose into a, a bigger animal um, but as a pack of Pomeranians for example you could go and take down a puma later in the game <laughs> and that might be the goal to take down the puma but then when you achieve that goal you then get to play as the puma and you have all, all kinds of different goals um, attached to it. It's an incredibly fun, really creative game. Uh, yeah, this I, is a kind of game I would say, like, if I if I go to the studios and pitch it, yeah, it, it will be really awkward, but you know how people make games. Yeah, it, it just sounds kind of nuts, doesn't it? It's like, you start off life as a Pomeranian, <laughs> you're like, what? Um, but yeah, it's strong. When, when lockdown's lifted, come over. I've still got it on my PS3 hard drive. It was a digital-only game in the UK. Um, oh yeah sure as far as i know they might have done a disc release later on but uh yeah come over have a go and i'll tell you what we'll do like a live live recording session while you're playing it and get your reaction um <laughs> it, it's just it's a fantastic i love game. dogs i might actually you know yeah it, just it is, keep watching it when we've done with this just quickly tap it into google tokyo jungle and uh see jungle, jungle, yep. um anything else on the list that stood out to you um Actually, everything looks good, but yeah, Stray is something which like I shared with my friends because they like the sci-fi movies, and they mm. also felt like, oh, it has the vibes of Blade Runner. But as as you said, it is more. I think this is more like a interactive fiction than a video game. It right. might turn out to be. So Possibly, I won't get yeah. my hopes very high. It might be like twenty percent gameplay and eighty percent storytelling. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, yeah, and also Horizon Dawn is that the second one? Uh, yeah, so it's Horizon. Let me just uh, quickly cheat. I've got the list up in front of me here so that I could... Yeah, I think that looks gorgeous. And what, what was the full name? It, it's not on this I think list. Zero Dawn. No, the, it, it wasn't Horizon Zero Dawn. So Zero Dawn was the, the first one. Uh, Horizon, Forbid- Horizon Forbidden West. So Horizon is the, the series now officially. That's okay. the, the, the series title. So Zero Dawn was the first game in the Horizon series. Um, but yeah, Not I mean, to be I, confused with Forza Horizon. There's no way that you can go wrong with this. <laughs> Do you get many robot dinosaurs in Forza Horizon? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn was an absolute you know, technical powerhouse for the PS4 wasn't it as a, as a demonstration yep. I think coming close to the launch this will be a really good early indicator of uh, what we see on the PS5 
which is fantastic, especially as we've got The Last of Us 2 coming out next week on PS4. So it's it's nice to see that as we're coming to the end of one generation, there'll be something that really yep. shows off what the PS4 can still do and then move on to what the PS5 should be able to offer. Um, so you talk about racing games. We had Gran Turismo 7. Have you ever been into the Gran Turismo series? Uh, some of my friends used to play. Yeah, uh, I haven't played it myself, but yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit too realistic and tinkery for me. Yeah, it's um, more of a simulation, right? I think I'm yeah. sure I will suck. If there's anything <laughs> really real, I would, I would definitely be taking. Right. <laughs> I, I never expected you to be so straightforward, honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same. I, I tried it. I couldn't get into it. Um, although that then leads me on to talk about, uh, there was one called Destruction. And again, oh, where, everything's missing from this. I, I opened up a list before we started thinking, oh, I can use this as a cheat sheet. <laughs> and it's just got nothing that we're talking about. Um, so there, there was a game that basically looks like a kind of a ultra-modern destruction derby. Um, okay. And I, I, it's, it's really annoying me now that I can't actually remember the, the, the full name of it, but it starts off destruction. Um, and that apparently is co-created or created by members of the team who were from a, a company called Bazaar and they did Project okay. Gotham Racing and Blair. So Project oh, Gotham okay. originally on the Dreamcast and then there were a couple of sequels and then Blair was a, a cross-platform. But they are fantastic racing games. So to know that they're, they've got people involved with this new Destruction one that looked kind of fun anyway, um, yep. that, that just makes me really look forward to that and how that might work mechanically is... Um, it's like a couch co-op as well, if possible. You know, the, one of the best things about Blair and Project Gotham was actually just split-screen co-op. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there was uh, Deathloop. A friend of mine was commenting, it's like, he just loved the style of that, and I've got to agree with him. That's by Arcane Studios. I believe they're a French studio. Um, and the, the style just really kind of seeped through in that trailer. The kind of, I don't know, it had that European cinema feel to it. You know, where you just... Oh, is it? Oh, sorry, what's the name? Different. Deathloop. Deathloop, okay. Yeah. Um, so the, there is a separate trailer for that one available. New Resident Evil or Resident Evil 8 or Village, whatever you want to call it. So, oh, yes, the Village. Actually, I like the Village as well. Yeah, um, so that, that looked pretty good. Uh, Destruction All-Stars, there we go, I found it. Destruction All-Stars was the uh, vehicle-based combat game that was in there. Um, and then there were a couple of other indie games that stood out to me as well. So there was Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Uh, okay. with, like the little sprites things um, so it was like a, a 3D action game similar to others I believe that is actually a cross platform one um, but it had like a really it, it was like a really cutesy cartoony look to it but just the, the effort that had gone into the visuals <laughs> it was kind of like it had been made by Pixar or something you know you could, it was just light and they'd really made yeah. use of all the, the new graphical power to make everything look really magical and wondrous so it wasn't yeah. typical at all um, and then on the flip side to that was I, I love it because of the song and I don't think I'm alone in saying this uh, Bug Snacks which <laughs> I don't know if you were watching it at the time when Bug Snacks came I have out, seen the trailer actually I did see the, I, uh, I did see the trailer and it says like whatever you eat you actually kind of put on something based on whatever you eat yeah yeah exactly um i mean we, we were watching so you've got all these kind of yeah 
massive shooters and action games and everything else and that just popped up and I, I was just whatsapping a group of friends at the time we were having like our own little viewing party and the sentiment there from everybody was like did, did we just suddenly get stunned <laughs> what's, what's going on with this there's a strawberry with its eyes popping out like someone made me trip I don't know um, but then it is this yeah. the new Alice in Wonderland of gaming it, it looks like it yeah it was just <laughs> it, it looks like it could have been a PS3 game it yeah. um Yeah, really bright and colourful. Nothing particularly special in the graphics department, but it just had this really fun vibe around it. And then the music kicked in. Uh, And again, I didn't realise at first when I heard it, but the the band that do the music are called Kera Kera Bonita. And they're actually... um, They're they're an English-based band. Uh, I believe the singer might be half Japanese. Um, Again, I I have a memory like a sieve. But my, my cousin is really, really into them. Um, they, they do a lot of like tours of smaller venues and stuff. They're, they're not massively acclaimed. They're not gonna, you're not gonna hear them on Radio One, but they're really yeah. popular within their own fan base. And they okay. do a lot of songs that are just kind of fun and bouncy and silly. So it fits in perfectly with that game. Um, yeah, but hearing that they were doing the soundtrack just made me think. You know what? I'm, I'm not a massive fan of their music, but I can see how it would work for this kind of thing. So I'm actually quite looking forward to see what bug snacks involves um but again that's going to be cross-platform so it's that that was my one negative takeaway from all of this i I didn't really see anything in there that made me think yes i've got to go out day one and buy a ps5 yeah there were a lot of things you know like horizon for example it looks great but i've played the first one um you know so I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens with price points. I think the, the price point is going to be a big draw for me. If it comes out at £600, then, yeah, it's going to take a little bit more arm bending. Um, whereas if it's more the 500 mark, yeah, I've got a little bit of money saved up after lockdown. You know, I've not been spending it on things I normally would, so maybe I'll treat myself at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> I don't, how, how do you feel about pricing with the new consoles, Series X and, and the PS5? Yeah, it's a bit like tricky. I'm expecting the Xbox Series X to be like 499-ish. Okay. Yeah, just I, I, this is again like my guess, maybe like 100 quid less than PlayStation just to have that market which Xbox is always lacking compared to the PlayStation and then maybe they they can always make money on the games later. Mm. You think they're actually going to go deliberately for a loss leader and yeah, them? Uh, yeah. That, that would be interesting. I wouldn't be say. surprised at all. Sometimes Microsoft can actually... I think they have the luxury to do it. Mm. And given that uh, kind of strategies Microsoft was following for the last couple of years, they have been a bit more risk-taking. Not mm. that they're getting the dividends for it, but they're just, you know, yeah, let's throw some money. Yeah. And see. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to, to see where we go from all of this. Um, so anyway, that was PS5 events. Yep coverage whatever um that that was our opinions i keep wanting to say ps5 launch it's not the launch it was like the kind of the 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 launch event for the console design wasn't it and the games and stuff yeah Um, any other news that's come about in the past week or so that you are getting all excited about stish uh not about excitement but i was a bit like quite surprised looking at a game and it's not even actually xbox exclusive it's called Mm. island saver does it ring a bell no no, I can't say that now, one. this game actually released on 13th of May, as of Wikipedia, mm. for PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. Okay. And it looks a bit more like the, uh, you know, like a 
I won't say Animal Crossing as in genre in terms of visually, mm. you know, the animals, cute animals on an island. Right. Now you will be really surprised who's the publisher of the game. Um, as it's cross-platform, I don't know. It could be anyone, but you, you're saying it's a surprise. So maybe it's Microsoft? a big surprise uh, because it's not even known for gaming. In fact, uh, I was just going through the review comments, and mm. it is actually free to play game. Sure, there are in-game purchases. Okay. And I was surprised, like, the game was rated, like, 4.6 out of 5 on Xbox Store. And the comments, generally people tend to troll, even when the game is good. Yeah. But they're all surprised because the publisher is NatWest Bank. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and people are, like, trolling, saying, okay, I wish all the banks are as good as NatWest. Or maybe NatWest should actually publish games and stop doing business. <laughs> you know, the general gamer sense. I, I, I'm actually quite <laughs> speechless. Sorry. NatWest I was Bank. like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So how, said, yep. how how have they got involved? Is this just some massive sponsorship deal? or is I have no idea. The only reason it could be like, because the game is about plastic, you know, the plastic waste getting yeah. out an island and you, as a player, you are, your aim is to actually clear, clear the plastic. Right, okay. So, so to me, it looks like Nashville has taken an initiative as an enrollment, you know, services thing. Mm-hmm. But still, I would never expect something like Access Bank, NatWest, or HSBC getting into yeah, gaming, yeah. even though if it is a small game. Wow, that's... Yeah, okay. I am quite genuinely surprised at that. That's, uh, yeah, that's or it could be just, uh, Yeah, it could be just a business. Maybe we're just guinea pigs. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, please the gamers and get into our minds so that we'll again go and borrow some money from NatWest or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I suppose for for someone like a bank, you know, there's yep. there's the the social justice, isn't there, side of it, um, cleaning up plastic, all that kind of thing, and yeah, it's yeah. just a good. As way of now, it says, so. yeah, it says ten out of ten on Steam. Wow. What? <laughs> do, do you think they're real reviews, or do you think NatWest have basically uh, just no, paid yeah. it like says some like, kind of? Could be. It says two hundred and sixty-three reviews. Yeah, okay. That, that's, yeah. that's not a bad amount of Yeah, reviews. I won't put my hopes high. Maybe it's also free-to-play, so people always are more generous towards free-to-play. And it looks like a very family-friendly game. Right, okay. So, yeah, maybe it's also because of the climate change. It's related to it. People are always... I yeah. think people feel very guilty to downvote a game which is about <laughs> climate change. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah on, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, download it, and then you're not at least buying a disc and case and stuff. But so, so what do you actually do in this game? You, you say you enjoyed it. No, I haven't played it. Actually, oh, yeah, I was going through it. the store, and I was like shocked. I was like, okay, mm. when did this game pop in, and why is it having so much good reviews on Xbox? And then I see people trolling in the comments saying that yeah. should actually stick to games. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's our duty to anybody listening to this right now. We need to have a go on this in time for our next recording and mm-hmm. uh, come back with our own reviews and views definitely so, yeah brilliant um okay so that's it for news that's getting us excited these past couple of weeks but moving on to games um satish do you want to go first this week tell us about your short game oh yeah definitely okay so what what have you played that was a short game that you loved uh, in recent times i played this game called the turing test mm now, this is not platform-specific, and I don't think this is a very new game. Maybe, I think, released in 2017-ish. Okay, so yeah, just a couple of years old. Yeah, it is a puzzler, and it, uh, it seems to be like inspired by games like Portal. So, you're actually solving the puzzles. Hmm. 
But the amazing thing about this game is the voiceover, you are actually playing as Eva and okay. she's being, uh, she has a companion AI talking to her. I don't know who the voice actor is, but he definitely sounds like Jeremy Irons. Right, okay. And Jeremy I love Jeremy Irons' voice, actor. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. He may not be the voice actor for this, but actually the voice definitely sounds like this. I was following one of the review where the reviewer also has the same opinion, like, is it Jeremy Irons? Mm. Yeah, and the game, uh, true to the name Turing Test, the game is about, like, uh, you're trying to solve puzzles mm-hmm. because T-O-M, Tom, the AI assistant, because the, the robot cannot pass those tests. Only human can pass those tests. So you're you both yeah. actually working together so that you can reach the end of the game. Right. And okay. there's a very good surprise, which is, I won't spoil it, which is quite, quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, and the music, uh, the background score is really haunting, and it has the vibes of those 2000 Space Odyssey or something. Okay, so, I mean, quite often I think we talk, don't we, about the audio and games being a big part of what we like about them. Um, Absolutely. So, is this a straightforward puzzle game is like you said it's a bit like portal so is it sectioned yes. room by room and, and room by each room, room is you, a level or a puzzle yes. on its own yes on its own and basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to use few keys mm-hmm. to open the next door okay. so it's the order of keys you use in the order of the actions which will determine whether you can solve the puzzle or not right yeah, it's okay. not absolutely challenging it's it's all right Mm. But I think the story and uh, and the TOM, Tom, I don't know the expansion is like uh, something. The mm. AI keeps revealing the story through exposition. He will be talking to you and he'll be throwing new surprises every few levels. Oh, okay. And you start questioning yourself, can, can I actually trust this AI? Am I even human? <laughs> uh, okay, that, that does sound interesting. Um, how long does it last roughly? I think it would be like maybe 10 to 12 hours for me. Hmm. And you know I always take it slow, and I'm not a person who can actually finish games very quickly. Yeah, anyone listening for the first time, um, we use how long to beat as our our guideline for what it should take, but we generally find that those times are off (laughs) by a couple of hours (laughs) when when it comes to us. Uh, Maybe we just like to explore more. Yeah, Um, Yeah. that's our excuse. Yeah, I've found that with Dragon Quest recently playing that I've, I've just spent far too long actually exploring and just enjoying the scenery and stuff and yeah i'm reading through a guide see how far through it i am and everyone's like yeah, yeah about 50 hours you should be here i'm like oh right no <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to that um okay so turing test nice and short puzzle based is there anything else out there you've played that it's it's like that you could describe it as i mean other than you said portal is it really like portal uh or in a way actually because in uh, maybe the portal has a bit comic Mm. kind of attitude towards it okay but it's like portal but with a like kind of like a serious uh sense yeah to me the puzzles felt like portal like yeah i would say like portal was a bit more tricky for me because in portal you also have the physical aspect you have to run quickly you have to jump Mm -hmm. quickly on time you have to time things here you don't have to time them i think not uh, okay i don't think many levels require timing it's about solving it as a puzzle the order of right okay. yeah opening things so it's first uh, person to give you that sense of oh yes um, involvement. oh yes that's why i'm not going to spoil because it is first person mm. it is really clever at hiding few things ah, right, <laughs> using okay. that point of view good good i'm, I'm just um i've sneakily brought it up in the background and from looking at some of these screenshots it looks reminds me a bit of a game called cube that was part of the um playstation plus releases uh last year oh, okay it rings a bell actually Mm. Um, so yeah I think 
I, I really enjoy this kind of thing when I just want something to unwind and play. Like, could you play for a short burst, like half an hour at a time? Or do exactly. You have to, yeah. Okay, great. And I was yeah. so close to opening YouTube many times because sometimes I gave up the levels. They're not really challenging, but for me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it was late at night. It yeah. had a few too many coffees or uh, yes. whatever. And <laughs> it were a family-friendly show. It's all about the coffees. Um, great stuff. So the Turing test. Um, yeah, I quite like the look of this, actually. I might have to go and have a look. Uh, the other thing it reminds me of, and again, this is just from screenshots, so I could be completely off here. There's a, a mm-hmm. game called the Talos Principle. Don't know if you played that one. Uh, I was very close to saying this, yes. Mm-hmm. It is It is pretty much similar to it. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I think the Talos Principle is a bit more grander in scope in terms of puzzles. Okay. They might be a bit daunting. Uh, I did play the... I didn't finish the game, but I did play a few levels, and I was like, okay... Yeah, I, th- but, I think I made it about halfway through Teller's Principle, and it, it's a game I keep meaning to go back to. Um, yep. But yeah, just something happened that made me stop playing it, and then I went back to it, <laughs> and I was like, "You I must be having some traumatic experience." It, it was probably when I moved house. In fact, it probably okay. was when I moved house last year. So yeah, it was one of those things where it wasn't, yeah, not traumatic, but moving house is <laughs> just pain in the backside. Um, okay, yeah. so that was your short game. What yep. have you got for us on the, the long side? You said you're going to take your cheat this week. Oh, yeah. So. I'm going to use my ultimate cheat. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ultimate cheat card. Yeah. yeah, it is because like it is too long. I didn't finish it at first. And I did end up finishing it afterwards, like after a few months, maybe right, a couple okay. of months. Yeah, it's a, but it is actually one of my favorite games. And I'm sure I'm going to raise a few eyebrows by saying it's one of my favorite games ever. It's Dragon Age Inquisition. Hmm. One of the most hated Dragon Age game in the series. The I think I'm sure like the <laughs> diehard fans of Dragon Age who really loved the first one. Yeah, so will always see Dragon Age Inquisition. It's not Dragon Age. It's just you know Skyrim in Dragon Age flavor. <laughs> I think why I'm I'm taking a bit of time to let this sink in because normally your long games are things like you know Red Dead Redemption it's like yeah I'm going to be universally hated for this because I didn't finish exactly. it and everyone loves it so much so this time you, you've gone the complete <laughs> swing opposite a game that you actually played through to the finish but other people hate Dragon Age yep. Inquisition so w- why Inquisition specifically What what is it about that one over the other Dragon Age games because they're all pretty long you know they all fit quite nicely into our yes, I think, uh, play category yeah I think the Dragon Age the original Dragon Age I played original Dragon Age after Dragon Age Inquisition, so I, th- I see the point. Mm-hmm. Even though the original Dragon Age is longer, the game doesn't feel... There are no side quests. There are side quests, but they don't feel like fetch quests. Right, okay. At some point during Dragon Age Inquisition, I did feel like there is a lot of repetitiveness in the side quests. Mm. The main plot or the main quests are actually quite interesting. That's why I finished Dragon Age Inquisition. I really wanted to see. I pushed myself to see what happens towards the end. Mm. Okay. But yeah, the side quests are like, sometimes it feels like, you know, like a Destiny. Not that Destiny is a bad game, but Destiny is a free-to-play game and you can expect it. Mm. And also Destiny, games like Destiny is about progression. And you want to play that game forever. You feel like playing them forever. But Dragon Age Inquisition, some side quests are really like boring. But what kept me uh, finish the game is the banter. It is one of the best games when it comes to the banter in terms of the company of uh, characters. You don't play on your own. You have a, uh, what we call, is it like a, when you have like more than one yeah, character? A posse. 
Oh, oh yeah, the party. Is, yeah, is that's the one. Yeah, it's possible. Oh, yeah, it's, isn't it? yeah, it's it's the party. Yeah, I think it's a party-based game. Even when you're mm. playing solo, you have you can actually hire other three, four characters, which are like really good at banter and they throw so right, many funny okay. things. And you can also you also have the option to romance people. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the games which I thought like it could have been shorter because it's about eighty hours. Oh yeah, that, that does yeah. If you like play that. everything, and for mm. me, I'm sure it might have taken hundred hours because you know I love exploring, and the game is gorgeous. Mm. At least at that point of time when they released it, I think it's the Frostbite engine or something. It looked really oh, fresh. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like the sound of that. Actually, I've I've never played any of the Dragon Age games. Um, I was going to play one of them, but it came out just after I'd moved to Japan when I was living over there, so I never actually mm-hmm. got a chance. Um, in fact, it, it might have been Inquisition. Yes, the soundtrack it. is amazing, actually. I love soundtrack, mm. and especially there is a... Uh, you have the taverns where people, like bards and all people, sing mm. songs on violin or, I, I don't know, the, like medieval times. Yeah, I love the, those tavern songs. Yeah, I still that. keep listening to those tavern songs, and it uh, reminds me. Oh, yeah, but I al- Yeah, but I also think, like... Uh, I, it could have easily been 20 hours short. The game is definitely not 80 hours game. It's like 40, 50 hours game. Do you think it's something that could have done well as DLC, but because everyone comes under such fire for DLC these days, not being in the main package, they just thought, oh, let's just chuck it all in and people oh, yes. can do what I, they want. Yeah, yes. And also it could be because of the peer pressure, like games like Skyrim and Witcher mm. are around that game. Yeah. And at that point of time, people saw fantasy RPG games as like how long are they how big are they in terms yeah. of world so sometimes they're actually you know pushing yeah. towards maybe it's also from business point of view I sometimes think like if you build a game which is 10 hours and you charge like 10 quid hmm. it's very likely that you make money but if you build a game which is 60 hours and you charge 60 quid and you know it as a developing when you're developing as a computer programmer it's the first 10% is the hardest or the first 50% of the game is hardest and then right, you can yeah. reuse a lot so it's yeah. a bit slightly easier to build a game which is longer than 60 hours once you have the major content. So maybe, mm. yeah, it's also the price point. They have to sell it a AAA game for 50 quid. You need at mm-hmm. least 50 hours to justify it. Yeah, that, that does make sense. And from a, I mean, you you are a developer, so you know that side of it. Um, from a marketing yeah. side, you know, certainly in the early original playstation days it was mm-hmm. kind of like you know final fantasy 7 over 100 hours of gameplay it comes on three <laughs> discs it's so big and that was a major selling yeah. point and I, I think that has stuck to you know these days i mean the, the very fact that there is a how long to beat website where people list their times and all that kind of thing um, and they don't cheat like us no no i would i would I can. I would like to troll saying like I finished Witcher game, Witcher three in twenty minutes speed yeah. run. I was like, Com- completionist what? did it in five <laughs> completionist hours. Twenty minutes, yeah. Piece cake. Um, yeah, that, that's really good stuff. It, I like the fact that you brought up the the banter as well because I know um, my partner Diana. She loves a lot of the Japanese RPGs like Disgaea. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> have you played Disgaea? No, one of my friends plays it and I actually watched him play yeah. and he loves it. Yeah, so that's it's just got this kind of really quirky humour. And yeah. I mean, she plays through the Disgaea and the Atelier series as well. Um, and they've all got this kind of weird off the wall, slightly kooky <laughs> humour. And it's just some of the things that the people come out with, you know, the, the, yeah. the one-liners and that are, are really, really good. And I can see how for a game like Disgaea, I mean, it is... 
it's quite interesting if you're into strategy RPGs you know you've, you've got the, the chess pieces as it plays out but it's the story that really keeps her coming back yeah um, in fact uh, after playing this game I struggled to play Skyrim for a few for a few days because right, okay. Skyrim felt very lonely hmm. <laughs> just because it's not having the party so I'm so much used to the party after playing Dragon Age Inquisition I was obsessively checking on websites like are there any other games where you play as a party where right. the companions are really funny did, did you yeah, find anything I, yeah sometimes uh, not as much as Dragon Age Inquisition mm. uh, maybe sometimes Gears of War does that but yeah it's a bit over the top you know like the old yeah. B movies yeah um, I, I, I enjoy Gears of War but yeah it's very kind of dude bro isn't it uh, yeah it's, and it's yeah. like you know like one liners you know exactly what to expect yeah have you ever played Bulletstorm I, I did play it's very funny <laughs> yeah I was, I was gonna say I, I don't know if that's the the same that's sense like a, of humor. Yeah, it's, it's a little more bit like more crass, a, but yeah that's like a Deadpool kind of you know? yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I, I really enjoyed Bulletstorm I don't know what that says about me and my sense of humor but um, yeah definitely worth a play so great stuff so that was Dragon Age Inquisition as the long please, cheaty please game please play this game yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go it- I, I'm just saying to the audience I'm, it's like you know I'm saying I, this game I struggle to play but you have to play that's very you know did you play it through- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. we struggle to play it yeah, stay away um, did you play it all through Among Us sorry that's what I meant to ask because you said you you found it hard to get through did you did you try and slog through or did you kind of start it give up on it and then come back to it and finish it off oh sorry which one is this uh, Dragon Edge Inquisition oh yeah I did finish it in fact I finished it and then straight away went for the DLCs okay but but did you did you start playing and then play it right the way through or did you start playing it give it up for a month and then come back to it I yeah I think half maybe like uh, 60% of the game right okay. after yeah I I kind of thought like I knew that I would always get back to it but I thought like okay maybe it will take even more time mm-hmm. than I expected so after a few maybe a month I came back and it, right. yeah I was able to but I, I couldn't imagine finishing it like you know in a just, month or just something all in one sitting yeah okay right sounds good um, yeah what I about sh- you Ben yeah so I shall move on so my short game I've picked for this session uh, is one that I played quite recently actually and I was just skimming through the collection, uh, trying to find something that I'd played recently, because my mind automatically, when I go to short games, goes back to like the old SNES days and stuff like that, because <laughs> games were all short back then. Yeah. Um, but no, I picked Titanfall 2, which is Ooh. is quite well known as being an amazing underrated game. So I don't know, did you ever play Titanfall? Or oh, Titan yes, I, I tried Titanfall, and trust me, it's... It's not made my, made for my fingers. It is amazing. It's gorgeous. The you know the gun the, yeah, the gunplay is the amazing. Gun but really. you have to be really quick. Okay, so I, I never played Titanfall because that yeah. was a an Xbox One exclusive. Exclusive, yes. Um, but then Titanfall Two is cross platform, and I kept hearing all these really good things about it. And I looked at it and thought, well, it's just another FPS, you know. Um, and I do like first person shooters. And then it was on sale, and it was like five quid. And I thought, you know what, five quid. Yep. I'll give it a go, even if I only play it for a couple of hours. Then that's it's still good value for money. And it is probably, in this generation, one of the, the few games where, by the end of a, this, like the second level, I just mm-hmm. thought, 
yeah, I, I wish I'd picked this up straight away. Full price would have quite happily played, you know, paid full price for it, and I can see why everyone goes on about it. Um, so I think the the campaign only comes in at around about six to eight hours, depending on what kind of gamer you are. So it's a, it's okay, a really that short like campaign. Twenty five hours for me. Yeah. Because I really get disoriented the very first time I get shot in the game. I'll There's be like, a okay, super, the hell super easy mode. You, you could just turn it right, right down there. I mean, you basically walk through the game. I don't, I don't think they even let you. Does it actually gun. completely turn off the enemies? Like, yeah, you yeah, just put the pad game. down on the table and it just walks you straight through. It's like watching a YouTube video. Um, but yeah, so straight away I started playing it, and the, the tutorial was a, a bit like. Uh, Rating, I suppose it was the usual yeah. hey recruit you can do this and you can do this now um, but then pretty early on the story kind of takes a turn where you end up getting the titan you know you're thrown yeah. into the battle and there's just this kind of there's a, a slight touch of humour between you and the AI and the titan and how you interact with it and yeah. then as you go through the game it just progressively gets better and better as a shooter um, within those first couple of levels, so really, really quick within the first couple of scenarios, and it, it looks gorgeous as well. It um, looks gorgeous, actually. Yeah, yeah. I always uh, feel really bad that I couldn't play it because I don't have the, you know, the skill set to play that kind of games. But right. yeah, I yeah. wish I had. So it, I, I don't know. I think you could probably get away with it being a, on an easy-ish setting. Um, yeah, but maybe-ish. Well, yeah, I think there were there were two things in the game for me, that really stood out. The first one is, a lot of people talk about this, um, it's about two-thirds of the way through the game, there's a, a level where you receive a device that lets you skip forward and back in time. Okay. And the idea is there are a couple of minor puzzles that involve... I don't want to give away any spoilers, but you have to skip forward and back in time to um, get around like bridges that are broken in the future. You have to go back to the past, but then when you go in the past you're in the middle of a security storm where everyone's out to get you, so you have to navigate where to best run through that part of the level to avoid different bits and pieces based on the area of time. It's not necessarily a new concept, but it's just so slick and well done. Yep. It, it It's seamless, and I, I played straight through that level without even noticing that a minute had gone by of the time, and I think <laughs> it was like one in the morning by the time I finished it, which is quite unusual for me these days. Um so that that first of all for me was like yeah this is certainly level of the generation when it comes to first person shooters uh, but the other thing was just the actual gunplay when you're in the titans because yep. I, I really like uh, the armored core series I don't know if you ever played that um, back on previous generations and I quite uh, like nope. uh, mechs in general so armored core is oh, okay. um, it's like yeah you, you've got a mech and you pilot emissions but the, the thing that really makes armored core is it's it's quite fast it's not like a clunky tank based mm-hmm. mech you know it's it's very anime sci-fi style and then you swap out your parts based on what you need for that mission and then you earn credits to buy and swap out different parts for the mech and it, it's quite involved it's a bit like a gran turismo of mech building i suppose it's um, very realistic mech building yeah as, as realistic as sci-fi can be suspension of disbelief and all that Um, but what I liked about Titanfall was the way that you could swap out your weapons so it kind of had a hint of that but it never got in the way of what was actually happening in the battle arena and then you could jump out and you could leave the mech on AI to uh, you know carry on fighting while you flanked around the side or whatever and it it just all 
gel together really nicely when i first started playing it i thought oh this could be really bad if you're just stuck in the mech and you know having to clump your way yeah. around but um i thought they just did a brilliant job of it and that's exactly what i was looking for in in a mech game for this generation where there hasn't been an armored core um yeah. after i played this there was uh damon x machina which came out i say recently is probably like the back end of last year um on the switch and it's out on pc now and that that has some of the armed core production team have been working on it uh, designers so it's obviously a spiritual successor okay um, so yeah not not saying that titanfall 2 is armored core for anyone out there who's an armored core fan i'd probably get shot for saying that they are that similar um but it's just in, in my head that's how the two things tie together and i just really enjoyed it so yeah uh, titanfall 2 it's always on sale for like four or five pounds go pick it up yeah. it's it's a nice short campaign you can blast through it uh, the multiplayer is probably dead by now um it's been out a couple yeah. of years yeah i think they're not working on the next titanfall or something if i think of it uh i don't know i've not seen anything about a third I, one but i think they're making uh, they're doing quite well with uh, apex legends i think is it respawn? Oh, okay. okay yeah yeah apex legends is uh taken off pretty big Maybe one day, Titanfall 3. Maybe, maybe. I think one of the things with this is it did so well as a single-player campaign. You know, it received such yep. high creative, uh, critical praise. I, I think this should definitely go back and do a third one. But then again, um, you know, games like Time Splitters, if you ever played that back in the day, that was an FPS that got critical acclaim because it had really good humour okay. and really good gunplay and stuff. And the, the studio broke down and the, they haven't made another one since... But they keep rumouring that time splitters will come back. Um, <laughs> which, again, if you've not played it, then definitely recommend you you go and track one of those down. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's it for my my shorty game. Uh, for my long game. Yep. So I was trying to think. It's again easy to fall into that trap of like Japanese RPGs or you know long <laughs> RPGs and that kind of thing because they are all just so long. So I started looking back through the collection at things that I've never fully completed and I came across a game that I absolutely love I loved it from the minute it was announced it just sounded amazing uh, bought it, it was on the Gamecube played it through mm-hmm. with friends when we were at uni together um, we all just sat absolutely glued to it for a run through and that was Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem so I don't okay. know if, have you come across this one before i don't know if you're ever a gamecube owner you're probably a bit too no, young never heard GameCube. of it i only keep hearing about gamecube right, i was okay. not even playing was i even playing games at the time i think i was just playing age of empires all the time <laughs> on a pc <laughs> right <laughs> this is a bit different to age of empires yeah um so yeah 2002 i think uh came out in europe okay um so it's it's a strange game in the sense that it's based around lots of short stories or it was a strange strange game for the time um and a lot of people associate it with hp lovecraft novels the the kind of the the feeling of it and the the modeling of what's going on in the universe so you play a character who has inherited a house Uh, it's like a long lost uncle who's passed away and you you inherit this house and the house acts like a kind of a hub for the different levels but you you go back to it in between each one and then play through the house um and each level takes you through a point in history 
where you enter a certain character's body and then go through trying to find these old relics that will eventually unlock the, um, for want of a better word, the demons that are going to come and destroy the earth, but you have to protect the earth from it. Um, so it, yeah. it's got a lot of atmosphere to it, and it's got, you know, the first level is based in the Roman Empire, then there's one where it's based in ancient Egypt, then there's one that's been in um, kind of typical Victorian London style that's, um, you know people yeah, exploring seems like Assassin's Creed kind of <laughs> yeah I mean yeah that, but with more gritty and yeah completely different game I was joking yeah no I think it's um, it's, it's probably a, an, an interesting comparison like yeah you're always going back in time and see these other yep. other bodies as it were and living but you're reading a book and reading through their diaries to find out what your family connection is Mm-hmm. Um, but what made the game really, really interesting at the time was you had a sanity meter, and it was <laughs> the first game that's that's it's done. Not the this health kind of meter, thing. okay? Like the what? Sorry. Uh, instead of health bar, you have a sanity meter. That's interesting. Mm. So, well, you had a health bar as well. Um, okay. But the sanity meter was based on things like, yeah, if, if you run into an enemy, for example, your sanity might go down a little bit. Um, but the sanity meter also kind of worked in the the house hub as well. So okay. even when you were playing the what was a relatively safe part of the game, it could still affect what happened to you. Uh, but what would happen? So as your sanity meter started going down, the game would start playing with your own, like the psychology of the player. So the sanity <laughs> meter actually reflected what the game would then throw at you. So that it ranged from things like the the sound would turn itself down so you'd think that the sound had suddenly gone when you went oh, into a room or um, yeah. you'd have like there was, there was one where I think it was a fly would start walking across the screen on the TV um, <laughs> but it, it went from things like that to your character's head would just explode when you walked into a room so you're like oh what's that you know where, where am I getting snipes <laughs> from and it's like no no it's just reset then it's like oh I think I'm going crazy and you're like oh Bloody hell, you know, they've got me again. Um, the one that really sticks in my mind as driving us all absolutely nuts is <laughs> it, you walk into a room and then it just flashes up a message on screen with a little bar that's kind of counting down. It says, wiping your memory card in three, two, one. And even though it's just a, a joke within the game, I remember at the yeah. time, because I was playing it on, on my friend's GameCube, um, he had, a, a, I think I'd run out of space on my memory card or something stupid like that. So I was borrowing his, <laughs> and he just absolutely flew into a fit of panic, dived over, pressed the power button, and you know was, there, there were tons of things throughout the game that, for a good few seconds, it just made you think like, what, 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 what's just, what's just happened? And then it flashed <laughs> back to normal. Like, ah, it got us again. Um, so yeah, fantastic game. Now, when I talk about it being a long game. So the actual yep. main story, I suppose, you can comfortably play through probably in about 14, 15 hours. So it's not actually okay. that long. If you wanted to just sit and play it through start to finish, um, you, you could sit and do it within our normal time frame of what's classed as a short game. Yep. But it's one of those games where you have to play it through three times choosing different options each time to get one collective true ending 
Ah, okay. So, so if, okay. Yeah, so if you actually want to finish the whole game, yeah, you're looking at a good sort of 35-ish hours, I'd say. Um, to play. So did you struggle at some point when you're playing? Did you think like, oh, I wish I don't have to play it third time? Yeah, and, and I think it, it's one of those things where I don't mind playing a game through again if there's substantial differences in the second playthrough. Exactly. But with this, um, so we played it through once and we thought, oh, that was great, let's play it through again. And then you do the first couple of levels. But because it's such a short game in the first place, yep, you, you feel like you've only just played those first levels. So, yes. So it feels you, like you just played it yesterday. Or yeah, in the and, and you don't start, it's not like a new game plus where um, where you yep. start with all the weapons and everything else that you've built up before from the previous playthrough, you know. So sometimes it's nice to play through a game where you've already got the weapon bank because you can just go through the first levels and, you know, get yep. the, the extra achievements and that kind of thing. But, you know, this is the days before achievements existed or before there were, you know extra goals in those kinds of levels in, in this type of game um, so you know Mario 64 as an example you go back to the same level over and over again but it's because on the first run you might do five coins on the next run you might do an extra boss or something yeah um, yeah so th- this is a game that was absolutely fantastic to play we managed to get about halfway through a second playthrough before we kind of got bored and moved on now I did actually try going back to it recently and it still played well. It was still okay. Um, yep. But I got about halfway through it, and it's one of those games that would... If they did a remaster in the current gen yep. with updated graphics and controls, you know, kind of like they've done with Resident Evil, I would quite yep. happily go out, pay full price, day one purchase, and and sit and play through it again. Um, but to try and play through it on the GameCube, it, it did feel like a bit of a chore so I might I might when I've got time set the GameCube up and, and try and have another go at it but for now that is going to be my too long didn't play I just could not be bothered to do it three times but do you think if it is remastered will you be able to play it three times hmm. if it necessitates or will you be like okay it felt nostalgic but I can still see that, yeah I don't know actually because one of the things that I remember made it awkward to play through this time was like say the control scheme and things just felt a little bit clunky i wonder if if it was better to play whether i'd be quite happy to play through it three times okay um but what what i would probably do is i'd play through it once myself and then maybe i'd organize a viewing party or something like because it is just a 10 12 hour game Yep. Um, you know, it would be quite easy to say, hey, why don't other people come over and we'll play it through a second time? So um, Silent Hill 2 was a really good example of that. You know, you, you played through the first time and it was quite a long game because you're spending all the time exploring and solving the puzzles and everything. But then to get the extra endings, you just had to do certain parts of the game slightly differently. But then it kind of yep. chopped in half how much of the game you actually had to play. <laughs> um, and I think that was a really good way of doing it sorry i've completely segued into how this in my mind this should have been done to get the full ending um <laughs> but yeah i think with eternal darkness if maybe if they did a re-release and then to get the full ending you didn't have to play through the whole thing again you could just do certain sections to get the uh it was like the alternate 
colour relics that you had to choose at the start and then that kind of guided your path through the game, allegedly. Um, but it really didn't have that much impact on it. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe these days with all the games like Detroit and everything else where you've got multiple paths and things that really do affect the outcome of, of what happens that could do a, a sequel or a spiritual successor. Um, but yeah, the, know. The, the developers were Silicon Knights... And the game they made after this one was called Too Human. Uh, came out on the 360, I believe, eventually. Okay. So I don't know if you know about that one and the, the history behind it. Um, I might have seen it in the Xbox store. Yeah, so Too Human was, um, you know, follow-up to Eternal Darkness, so a lot of praise and expectation around them. And it just fell into development hell. They had a lot of... Um, issues with the the actual development side of it and then if you start looking into the history of silicon lights versus they were using unreal engine to make it and apparently oh, okay. had some issues with unreal engine and they, they they had the wrong license or something like that and then they updated the unreal engine and then silicon lights tried to sue because they thought that unreal um not unreal who makes unreal or the unreal uh, engine. epic games epic games yeah so they were saying oh you know epic games have tried to do us over by updating the Unreal Engine and they didn't give us the proper version and we could have made it a really good game and honestly it was just pap it, you try <laughs> playing it and it just did not play very well it was dull yeah. and it didn't control very well so the, yeah it's a shame um, but there you go so that's my <laughs> two that's my long and my short for this week um, again I've, I've kind of cheated a little bit because Eternal Darkness is great and everyone should go out and play it I think you can probably get it off ebay for about 25 quid yeah if you and me review the games we'll be like rating the games like three out of ten must yeah. play <laughs> yeah. nine out of ten yeah. Eh, yeah, can't be so boring. you'll play it for a few hours you'll get your money's worth yeah, yeah that'll do uh, but yeah i mean that's what this is about isn't it we're not necessarily saying these games are bad we're just saying manage your expectations i guess before you you go in and play them great yeah i'll so, just say like welcome to tatis Mm. Our forties, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, great. So I think looking ahead to the future, um, we've started to get a few more listeners now. So thank you very much to everyone who has been listening, and especially if you shared it with your friends. Again, do let us know what you think, and if you have any other games that you would like us to review in the future, or just you know, um, feel free to drop us a review yourself. We can read them out. We do have a couple of people have asked if they can come and be guests on future episodes. So oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think uh, one of my friends, she's a, a mad PC gamer um, <laughs> and she spends so much time, things like Guild Wars. Uh, I, yeah. I've already let her know that if she comes on, um, I'm just going to absolutely grill her about Guild Wars um, <laughs> because, oh, crikey, I, I can't remember how often like they've been around to our house for drinks or something and then it's hit like eight o'clock. So, oh, well, I've just remembered I've got to do a quest before the time runs out it's like oh yeah sure there's my pc go log in whatever um <laughs> so yeah that that'll be fun to hear from a couple of other people maybe they won't cheat like us maybe they'll be proper gamers and actually <laughs> actually adhere oh, to the yeah. rules <laughs> um, yeah but yeah i, I think, think our, yeah we'll be coming up with a lot of disclaimers disclaimer yeah. we might not be honest in this podcast it's going to be like the first 10 minutes of every show isn't it it's like yeah here's the rules but actually we kind of do it like this 
Um, yeah, so that's great. Well, thank you if you've been listening at home and you've made it through this far. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Um, thank you, Tisha, as always, for joining me on this Sunday evening to record. It's been fun. Thanks a lot, too. And we shall speak to you all again in a few weeks' time. Yep, see ya.